this is The Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that The Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale, the nine-book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, D-E-B-B-I-M-A-C-K, Dot com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. Hi everyone! I'm pleased to have with me today an author whose books I'm quite familiar with and whose writing inspires me. His latest novel is A Dangerous Man the 18th book in the Elvis Cole, Joe Pike series. He's also written other series and non-series books. Our guest today is best-selling author Robert Crace. Hi, Robert. Thanks for being with us today. Debbie, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on. Before I get to your latest book, tell us about Elvis and Joe. Who are these guys and what brought them together as a team? Well, uh, Elvis Cole, uh, my my core character, the guy I'm known for most, I guess, is uh, is a private investigator in Los Angeles. Um, he's, um, uh, you know, when I when I created, I go back with crime fiction for a long time. I mean, I I I, I discovered Raymond Chandler when I was a kid, and he was my gateway drug, and I fell in love with with this world. And I, I knew and always wanted to create a, a private investigator of my own. I, I, that was in the cards for me from early on. And when I created him, um, I, I, I guess I, you could say I took little bits and pieces. You know, you remember Calvin and Hobbes, and, and Calvin had this cardboard box. And he called it his transmogrifier. And he would get into the box, and then and it would change. It would become a fighter plane or, or, or a speedboat or, or a motorcycle, whatever it was, because it was his, his transmogrifier, this magical device. All writers have a transmogrifier. And I took little bits and pieces of myself and my sensibility uh, and, and my worldview and I transmogrified myself very loosely into Elvis Cole. You know, he likes mm-hmm. to talk, he's verbal, he's funny, uh, but he's so much better than me, and he's uh, one of these people I think I uh, aspire to be. I wish I were more like Elvis Cole. Believe me, he lives a much more adventurous life than I do. I sit in a room and type. Um, but I, I've also always been a fan of buddy pictures, going back to buddy comic books, you know, and buddy stories of all kind. I, I, I think a partnership is a, is, a, is, a, is a natural order of things. And I wanted Elvis to have a partner, and I thought, well, you know, what would be the most interesting partner is a partner who was completely different from Elvis. If Elvis is verbal, then, then Joe Pike is going to say very little. And if Elvis is funny and wears his heart on his sleeve, Joe Pike is going to show more emotion. And I, and I, and I, and I began the, the creation that way. But what became apparent to me after a while uh, 
is that there was there were reasons that Joe was so silent and Joe held his emotions in check and was such an internal character and and I began to sense that there was a well of great sadness in Joe and maybe even pain uh, and that made him enormously fascinating and interesting to me because what I've done over the course of all these books 18 books now is explore these two characters to try to reveal little bits and pieces of why they are the men that they are. Why is Joe that way? Why is Elvis so verbal and funny? Um, and, in, and in A Dangerous Man, the, the newest book, Joe Takes Center Stage, and uh, it's a story that allows me to get a little bit deeper into Joe Pike and, 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 and show his true nature uh, a bit more than in the previous books. Yeah, I've always found Joe fascinating for that reason, that there's so much pain behind his stoicism. Um, how do you handle having two protagonists like that? Generally, it seems like one gets kind of more of the lead than the other in most of your books. Is that about right? Yeah, that's, that, that's true. You know, there's um, most of the books, Elvis Cole is the primary character. And uh, the books are told from his point of view. But every once in a while, it's fun for me uh, to, to have them swap roles. And Joe will become the primary character. And Elvis then becomes his assistant. And that's what happens in A Dangerous Man. And, and that's really um, a, re a product of the, of the stories. Uh, you know, all of my... Um, all, all of my novels, each and every one of them, and frankly, most everything else I've ever written, um, they begin as <clears throat> a disassociated image of some kind. And I don't really know anything about the image. In this case, um, I had this image of a, of a, of a, of a young woman, uh, very young and, and very innocent, uh, and I only knew that by her by her facial expression, I guess, but I, I had this image of this young woman in a very dark uh, room. I didn't even know what kind of room. I was an apartment house, a factory, nothing. All I knew is there were a lot of shadows. She was there. She was backing away, away, at looking terrified, and there were ominous figures around. I couldn't see any of them. I didn't know who they were. I knew nothing about them. I just knew they were ominous and threatening. Um, and she was saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know anything about it, I don't know what you're talking about. And that's all she was, that's it, that's it. I didn't know anything else. Um, but it, there's something about her innocence and her truth. I knew she was telling the truth. Uh, there was something so intriguing about that that it got its hooks into me, and I kept thinking about it and, and, and working it. And as, her, as ideas began to come to me about her situation and who she was, I knew then that Joe had to be the main character. It was almost like Isabel demanded it. And I knew that if, I, if Joe was the main character in this novel, I could show, um, I, I could delve into his his depths more than I ordinarily could 
in an Elvis Cole novel. So in, in, a, in a way, Isabel gave me Joe as the main character in this book. And I think it's, a, I think it's perfect for him to show, to show aspects of him that we don't normally see. And I find that endlessly fascinating and interesting, and hope, hopefully readers will too. I was going to say that A Dangerous Man definitely um, shows a side of Joe we haven't really seen before, in a sense. Well, that's the goal. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Joe is... Uh, but a kind of a personal side. That yeah, on a very personal level, and, and who he is and, and, and what it, his life is actually like. You know, Joe is a very... Um, um, I think Joe is a lonely person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's made choices in his life. Some were forced on him. Others were just the product of, of, of uh, decisions that he made that have led to uh, a, a lonely and sometimes sad existence. I mean, I think, listen, in many ways, Joe would like what any other guy would like. I mean, you know, he, he, he would, he would uh, like a special person in his life. He would like... A family. Uh, he made choices along the way when he became a private military contractor and started traveling the world at a moment's notice and, and having to keep secrets that uh, he could never share. That that you know would be wrong to make to, to ask a woman to share in that in that unpredictable, potentially dangerous lifestyle. So he he made the conscious decision to not to not impose that on anyone and, and not ask anyone to share that. And I think he sometimes regrets that. Um, I, in fact, I know he sometimes regrets that. But Joe being Joe, he's better. He, he, he's, he's always moving forward, and he's always trying to just move ahead and keep going. And by his nature, he's hardwired to save and defend and to protect weak against strong um, and that makes him the perfect the perfect hero to to find out what's going on with Isabel Rowland, find out who the bad guys are who are trying to harm her, and to totally commit himself to saving her, no matter what he has to do. And that's really what happens in the book. I mean, that's 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 Joe's essence in this novel. Is that listen? If you or I were somewhere and some a bunch of bad guys jumped us and were mugging us or doing harm to us. We would hope that Joe Pike would be nearby because he's the guy you want there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I've always loved the red arrows. Where did that idea come from? On his shoulders. Uh, they yeah. The, the, Joe has a red arrow tattooed on the outside of each deltoid, and they they point forward. <clears throat> And at some point along the way, he might have said, well, they keep him moving in the right direction. You know, they remind him which way is to the front. Um, that's Joe's philosophy. You know, Joe comes from a, from a, a, a childhood that was not pleasant. Um, his father was a, a, a violent alcoholic. Um, his father uh, abused Joe and Joe's mother, and there was great violence and anger throughout Joe's childhood and eventually he was able to move beyond that he in a way created himself 
you know, he, he admired the Marines because the Marines were tough and ready to fight. So he became a Marine and he trained himself in the martial arts and physical fitness and all of these things, which was in a way Joe Pike's way of making sure no one would ever be able to abuse him again as his father had abused him. Uh, so Joe is a product of self-creation, and that philosophy, I think, was embodied when he got those tattoos. They point forward. You, can, you can't go back. You can't, you can't change the past. So you have to move ahead into the future, and, and that's what Joe has been doing his entire life. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, which, uh, how do you handle the passage of time over such a long series? <laughs> <laughs> Are they aging slowly, or do you just stick to a particular decade, or what? <laughs> I, I actually, you know, <clears throat> when I started writing these books... It was a while ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago, and the guys were a, a few years older than me at that time. And now I can tell you, and I am the world's expert, um, they are substantially younger than me. Um, and, uh, because they got, look, I mean, the, the, in, the, in, the first, in the first few books, the, I established that the guys uh, had been in Vietnam. And, and so one would think, well, that anchors them in a, certain, in a certain time, and hence they must be aging as we all age. And that would put them, what, damn near 70 years old. <laughs> well, uh, at, you know, my guys are action guys, and, and the characters, there's, there's a lot of physical action in the book. My readers enjoy it. I enjoy writing it. Uh, and I didn't want to create this cartoon, you know, what, like, uh, you know, geriatric fistfights and... and I, I didn't want to create this, this cartoon reality where old guys are doing all these physical things that, that Joe Pike and, and Elvis Cole do. I like that, that midterm version. So the fact is they don't age in, um, uh, they don't age the same way I age or that we age. They, they're in this kind of time lock that puts them, I would guess, somewhere in their, right now in their, early to mid-40s. That seems like a good age for them. They started in their late 30s, I think, somewhere in there. So probably early, mid-40s is where their time locks. So I I tend to, though I I reference things in popular culture, I tend to stay away from dates. And that's that's just where they're going to stay because I think they're the most interesting right now. I don't want to write... Listen, I, I, I have bad knees, I have achy ankles, I have all that stuff that comes from, from, from sitting in a chair for a million years. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to write scenes where Elvis and Joe are complaining of the same things I'm complaining. I'm tired of me complaining about this stuff. I don't want my guys to do it, too. I know where you're coming from. <laughs> you don't want them sitting there talking about their gallbladder operation or anything like that. No. <laughs> no, none of that. I don't want them t- sitting around talking about the old days. Remember when we... No, <laughs> no. I don't want that. Um, let's see. Um, your work is clearly influenced by the likes of Raymond Chandler and Dashiell Hammett. Are there other authors who you find most inspiring? Oh, my gosh, sure. Chandler was my gateway drug. Um, I, I, I discovered crime fiction 
uh, in a secondhand bookstore when I was a teenager and, and, and pulled a copy of The Little Sister. <clears throat> it was like a, a 15th hand, beat up, used paperback. Uh, <clears throat> but that's where I discovered crime fiction and then read voraciously. So certainly Chandler, who I, was my first love in, 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 the, in the crime universe, crime fiction universe, uh, he started it all. His work started it all. Hammett, for sure. And then all the classics, Ross McDonald and John D. McDonald. Then all, all of Don Westlake's work and, 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 you know, everybody all the way through, uh, you know, including the current people. You know, I, uh, I, don't, I don't read nearly as much fiction as I used to read. I'm not sure why that is. Most of my reading is nonfiction these days. But I still have my favorites, and I still try to, to read the work from, from new people. And then my and then and then the ongoing writers, of course, huge Mike Connolly fan, Lee Child's work, uh, uh, James Lee Burke, uh, you know, newer writers like Greg Hurwitz, and on and on. I, the list is on. But I didn't read it. I, I wouldn't read it if I didn't love it and find enjoyment from it. And I find that all of their work, all the people I read now, um, in some way, also inspires me and energizes me. You know, Robert B. Parker was a big influence, but there were a scad of people writing from Jonathan Valen to, to Leah Matera. A lot of people who don't write uh, uh, crime fiction anymore, private eye fiction anymore, uh, Art Lyons, Jerry Petovich, uh, uh, Gerald Petovich, on and on. All of their work has in some way inspired me. Um, and speaks to my love of the genre, I think, and 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 still does today with the new work coming out now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's excellent. Um, what's the best advice you can offer for anyone who would like to write books for a living? Wow. Um, this will sound. Uh, this will sound simplistic when I say it, but but this is the number one thing. Uh, that 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 I would advise: <clears throat> write what you're passionate about. Um, you already know what you're passionate about, whatever it is. If you're a reader, if if you're considering uh, being a writer or trying to write, then by 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 virtue of that, I know you're a reader because all writers are readers first. I was. I mean, we wouldn't be interested in telling stories if we weren't enjoying stories that other people tell. <clears throat> I speak to and meet a lot of um, writers who, or, or newer writers, writers who are trying to write, trying to learn to write. Um, and one thing I see way too often is that beginning writers often try to they're they're so focused on selling something that they all they really want to talk about sometimes ask me is what's hot what are the publishers buying now and i think pursuing this art in that way is a big mistake and listen i'm sure there are plenty of established best-selling writers out there who started that way I, I, I can't speak to that experience but I but I believe this if something is hot now it won't be hot three years from now if something is hot now then a 
whole army of people are, are, are trying to write that hot thing, and it's, it's a herd. And how are you going to stand out from that herd? The, the thing, the subject, the situations that energize you, that you're, that you're, that you're passionate about, that's what you should be writing. Whether whether it's uh, uh, you know a pr- private investigator, <clears throat> or, or, or a cozy type thing, or a former spy, or whatever, wh- whatever world uh, inspires you, that's that's where you should focus your energies. I, that's that's where you'll stand out. That's where your voice will stand out from all the others because you're bringing that passion to it, and your that passion will be in the work. Uh, and even if you don't get it right the first time, I certainly didn't. I mean, I wrote two manuscripts that, that are dead in the drawer. I mean, they're, they're just garbage. Before I wrote The Monkey's Raincoat, the first book that sold, and this was after a lengthy and successful television career. So it may take you multiple times at bat, but I think the truest thing you can do is, is, is pursue your passion. Put that passion on the page, and that's going to give you the best shot, the best shot at a at a successful career. That's excellent advice. I couldn't agree with you more. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Um. Well, I, I, I gee, Debbie, I don't know. Other than <laughs> please buy my book. <laughs> Your website. Oh. There we go. See, I, I needed that prompt because I never think of these things. Yeah, if people want to find out more about me, there's my website, uh, which is my name, robertcrace.com. I'm also on Facebook at uh, the real Robert Crace, uh, and on Instagram uh, at Robert Crace. So uh, people can find out more and see nifty photographs I take at uh, most of those sites. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, Robert. And I appreciate it, Debbie. It's been fun. Sure thing. And to everyone listening, please remember to leave a review on the podcast channel of your choice. Also, check out the podcast's Patreon page. It's on my website at debbiemack.com. Thanks again for listening. Our next guest will be Bill Breyer. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.